Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we will be talking with Erica, who is a family nurse practitioner located in Georgia. Erica currently works hospice full-time, and she also teaches part-time in an online nurse practitioner program. Erica started her aesthetics practice just three weeks ago and has already made $4,000 from word of mouth alone. Currently, she is juggling multiple opportunities as three different med spas have already approached her on maybe a potential partnership. Erica is needing assistance with determining what the next step is in terms of navigating a potential partnership and how to grow her business further. Hey, Erica, how are you? I am great. How are you, Justin? I'm good. Thanks for hopping on this call. All right. So bring us up to speed real quick. So, uh, I mean, you and me already been talking for the past couple of months. You're a tier four member of the elite MP inner circle. So I've kind of helped you get up and running over the past couple of months, but, uh, but for everyone listening, fill us in on just where you're at in life, how long you've been a nurse practitioner for what you've been doing in terms of work and those sorts of things. Yeah. So I just had my 10 year anniversary as an NP. I've spent the majority of my career doing hospice and palliative care. I got my DNP a few years ago and I started teaching. I teach at multiple different online universities. I teach nurse practitioner students. And recently over the last, I'd say three, four months, I got connected with the elite nurse practitioner with Justin. And I said, you know what? I bought a course, then I bought two, then I bought three. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all the way in this. I want to be tier four. I want to have access to Justin. And, you know, it's been great. You know, Justin, you've walked me through this entire process step by step. I followed everything that you put out in the elite nurse practitioner model. And it has been pretty seamless. Honestly, I mean, everything came together. And finally, I I created all my accounts with the different pharmacies, with the different um, 
pharmaceutical companies. I got my products and, and yeah, I was finally able to open December 1st. All I did was post on social media about my opening and I instantly got a flurry of interest. I think I only posted three or four times and I got several messages, several texts, and those people started telling people. And eventually I found out that a few people that I know own med spas and three of them have reached out to me saying, hey, I've been looking for someone like you. We want to offer injectables, IV hydration. Can you meet with me? And yeah, it's it's been a little overwhelming, but honestly, I had no idea that it was going to take off the way that it did. It's been awesome. I have not spent a single dollar on marketing yet. So things are going great so far. Good, good, good. Yeah. So listen, this has nothing to do with luck. So people might be listening. Oh, wow. You just got really lucky. No, you created this opportunity. You put yourself out there and some people saw it. And so you basically created your own own luck here. I mean, you create these opportunities. So, I mean, just in, you know, within a month, I mean, that's just crazy. So these three med spas that have approached you for partnerships, no, that's kind of what you want to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, congratulations on not spending a dollar on marketing. And I mean, that, that's just, that's just crazy. So you're, you're definitely one of those outliers in terms of, uh, you know, just developing some success really, really fast. So congratulations there. But tell me about these opportunities. You've been approached by three. Are there equal opportunities? Is there one of particular interest for you or what? They're all people that I know. I've known for years. They've gone to my church and I, I didn't even know they were in the industry. So they reached out. This one couple reached out and said, hey, we're looking for someone who can do lip injections. We've had a lot of people asking for that. They're wanting to do more of a model where I kind of rent a room in, in their space and I do the lip injections and we do some kind of percentage with that. They haven't gone too much into it because it's the holidays, but they said, let's talk more in January. The other, I actually had a hairstylist who has a, a pretty large salon in this area. He reached out to me and he said, hey, I would love for you to come and just offer your services here. The deal he was kind of trying to make was, you know, $200 a week, you know, plus free products for him and his wife. So I was like, uh, okay, well, we'll think about that. And then this third offer that I got was another med spa that's actually opening from the ground up. And, and they actually want to hire me full time as an injector, but they also do PRP. They do non-surgical facelift. They do advanced filler techniques. They're like, we're willing to send you to our corporate office in Miami. We're willing to train you. We love everything that you have to offer and we'll pretty much do whatever it takes to have you on our team. So imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Lots of opportunities out there. Well, you talked more about that third opportunity. So I'm assuming that's the opportunity that you are most excited about. I would say so, just because they are building the spa from the ground up. They have not opened yet. You know, of course, they need a nurse practitioner. They also need a medical director. And my supervising physician, who's a friend of mine, who supervises me for free, by the way, nice. he is a plastic surgeon. So they're seeing us as like this package deal. But what they were initially offering was for me to be an employee. And so I had to tell them, I'm not looking for another job. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I'm, I'm not looking for another job where I'm getting paid, you know, $55 an hour. Yeah, screw that. But I'm doing all these procedures that I know if I was doing them on my own, I'd be making thousands of dollars. So 
So we got to do something else here. Another option was, you know, can we offer you some kind of incentive per procedure? And I said, okay, well, we'll have to talk about that. Another option was, can we offer you a percentage of the monthly revenue? And I'm like, okay, I'll entertain that. But the way I'm thinking now that I've been through the elite nurse practitioner process and I'm entrepreneurial minded, like I want to be a part of this company. Like I need some clout in this company. This is a med spa that has several franchises all over Florida and Texas. They're looking at doing one in New York. This is going to be their first one in Atlanta. And I'm like, well, how can I get into the company? I want to be a part of the bigger picture here. So that's kind of where we're at in the negotiations. And Justin, I kind of just wanted to hear from you what your thoughts are, given these offers that I've been presented with. So I would approach this as where's the highest income potential and what has the highest upside potential? So income potential is how much money are you going to be able to make on a monthly basis from each opportunity? Okay. Mm -hmm. The upside potential is which opportunity will end up benefiting you the most in the long term. So by that, I mean, which one will basically increase your business's worth? It sounds like the first two opportunities you were talking about, it sounded like you were just going to more or less show up there, see patients, maybe bill mm-hmm. them yourself. And then that brings in people through the door for, you know, for their services, like, you know, haircuts or whatever. It's kind of what that mm-hmm. sounds like. First two. Yeah. yeah. So that would basically just build up your business right? That would build up your clientele. You would just be at different locations. That's what that sounds like. So that has high upside potential as well, because you would just build your following. All the money would be yours. You're just kind of doing these other business owners a favor, maybe paying them a flat rate for being there, that sort of stuff. Now that third opportunity though. So if this is a large, you know, corporate aesthetics kind of uh, franchised practice, they have lots of processes in place already. They have procedures in place. They probably have marketing plan, all of this stuff, right? They know what they're doing. And so you're going to be the face of their office there in Georgia. You're going to be the one doing most of the work, building up that patient base and that sort of thing. So way I would go with that opportunity is, is if they're going to actually give you a percentage of the Georgia location. I mean, I wouldn't expect them to give you little, you know, percent equity with, you know, their Miami locations and those sorts of things. That doesn't make any sense. But that one there in Georgia, if you can get an equity share in that and make sure that you are being paid fairly from an income standpoint, and that you're going to be getting a pretty solid equity share and profit share, then that one could be extremely lucrative. And so I think that's the one that is of interest to you, right? Yes, it is because I think they see and they know what all that I have to offer. I know that they really, really, really want me and they're kind of leaving it in my hands. Like, what do we have to do to get you on board? Right. I believe before we started recording, you were telling me that you were actually like sitting in the parking lot or something, getting ready to go talk to these people. Yes. I I have an interview at two o'clock, a Zoom interview, and I will be sitting with the owner of the Atlanta location and we will be interviewing with the, the corporate higher ups that are in Miami. Okay. Wow. Perfect timing for this. So... <laughs> Have they mentioned anything about equity sharing, uh, you know, you being maybe a partial owner, a partner of this, or have they just mostly alluded to you just being like a, you know, a very high paid employee here? 
they have mentioned that because they know that I'm a professor and they are opening a school in Miami where they're teaching some of these techniques to estheticians, to nurses, to NPs. They offer a plethora of techniques, but what they're most known for is the camouflage of stretch marks, you know, the certain tattooing. So that's kind of been their calling card. But with an NP, they know that they can bring in the hormone replacement therapy. They can do the PRP. They can do advanced lasers that only an NP can fire. Right. The stuff that requires an actual like license. Yes. So for me, I'm like, fine. If you want to use me for that, that's fine because I realize I'm the only person who can do that. But you offering me, you know, say $60, $65 an hour to me doesn't really translate to the value that I bring to the table. Yeah, $65 so, an hour is an insult for that. Right. So in terms of a potential equity share, what are your thoughts? Because basically, this meeting I'm going into, they're basically going to say, what is it going to take for us to get you on board? I mean, it sounds like they need you more than you need them sort of a thing. Yes. But then again, yeah, but then again, though, they have resources. They know how to hire providers and that kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure that if they posted an ad, they'd probably find a sucker out there that would probably take $60 an hour and, you know, no bonuses or anything. I'm sure that there's, you know. Oh, uh, absolutely. I told them that as well. I said, you can get somebody. I mean, even at 50, 55 an hour, you'll get somebody. You'll get a warm body in the building who will work here nine to five, five days a week and can do your Botox, your injections and do some stuff. But I'm forward thinking. I'm entrepreneurial minded because I've been a W-2 employee for 10 years. I'm not looking for another job. Now, if you're building this thing from the ground up, I have ideas. I have connections. I have a plastic surgeon who trusts me completely and is willing to supervise whatever it is that I want to bring in as a new service line. So I need to be recognized for all that I'm bringing to the table. Absolutely. I think for me, my question is, how do I monetize that? Well, you basically just outline exactly what you're going to be bringing to the table, exactly like what you just explained to me. I mean, you need to go in there and be like, listen, this is what I'm going to bring. I'm bringing a medical director. I'm bringing myself, my experience, my drive, my ideas. You need to list out specific ideas. You need to list out specific things that you are going to do to increase revenue, to increase patient volume. You need to outline all of these things in a way you're almost selling them. And then- Yeah. And then you just need to tell them straight up, listen, I do not want a job. Okay. I don't want to be paid $65 an hour. And then you give me bonuses. Screw that. I actually want some equity here. If I'm going to help you build this practice, if I'm going to help this thing grow, I want to be compensated for it. And I want a piece of the pie. If they truly want you, if they want you and you can sell them on this and you basically give them an offer that's just really, really good. You know, as a business owner myself, I was doing something like this and someone was going to be able to bring a medical director for me, experience, ideas. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem giving up a little equity. Okay. There's other business owners out there, practice owners that do give equity sharing to their providers because they know their provider is the face of the business. It's one of the most important aspects. Exactly. So you need to have at least a 20 or 30% equity stake in this. 
That would be my suggestion. I don't think they're going to give you much more than that because they're bringing in the money, the processes and that kind of stuff. And then you're going to build it up. So you need to negotiate at least a minimum of 20%. And then you need to basically increase the base salary, your base income from it, and then talk about the profit sharing of that 20 or 30% on a quarterly basis. So then that way you can see the fruits of your labor. So for example, if you're getting paid $65 an hour, I'm actually screwed that. I'd best for like 80 or 90. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, anymore, I wouldn't work for less than a hundred bucks an hour anymore. But anyways, though, you know, how much is your time worth here? Negotiate that rate to be higher. And then you're going to want 20% profit share. And then that way you can see the fruits of your labor. Okay. Whatever percentage of you that you own in the equity, that should be given to you as a equity share, profit share. I think that's fair. You're going to be building this thing up. You know, you're going to bring this thing from $0 a month to I mean, God knows how much, 100,000, 150,000, uh, you know, depending on the market. So you need to, uh, you need to get a piece of that pie as well, because what'll happen is they're going to end up packaging these things up together, selling it to some venture capitalist firm in five to 10 years. And if you don't have any kind of equity stake into that practice specifically, you're shit out of luck, you're left in the dust, and you just spent five to 10 years of your life building this up, and you're just basically just screwed. So yeah, you need to have some sort of equity stake into it because I guarantee that's what they'll probably do. They'll probably sell this thing off at some point. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between having an equity stake and getting a percentage of monthly revenue? Because they did offer a percentage of monthly revenue, but you're talking about something bigger than that, right? Yeah. Like you actually have equity in the business. You have ownership of the business because- Yeah. Even if they're giving you a profit share, a percentage of profits every month, you're still just working there. Okay. That's like the urgent care I used to work at. Yeah. I would get basically a production-based model. So they were giving me a percentage of the profits, but I didn't own that urgent care whatsoever. I had no say in anything. I mean, I was just basically an employee still. So if they just give you profit sharing, you are still just an employee. Oh, okay. If you have equity in it though, you have ownership into it. Like you have actual skin in the game now, all right? Like you are actually a part owner of that business. So then that way, if they ever sell it or whatever, you will be rewarded for your efforts. Okay. So tell me, how does that work when the parent company is in Florida and they have multiple franchises and they're they're basically opening the franchise here in my area in Georgia? If it's an actual franchised thing, corporate doesn't own it. It's owned by like a a subsidiary kind of company, like another LLC or another corporation there in Georgia. Okay. So you would get equity of that entity, not the corporate, you know, entity. Yeah. I mean, typically these little satellite offices are owned by separate businesses, separate LLCs, separate S corps, whatever it is. And if this is actually being franchised out by local owners, then they are the ones that would, would give you the equity stake in their business there in Georgia. I see. Okay. So they're the ones that I need to negotiate that part with. You know, unless corporate has some sort of basically some policies in place that prevent that from happening. I mean, I doubt they do, but so, you know, asking for 20 or 30% is asking for a lot. 
Okay. Yeah. So you need to understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need to understand this as well. So you might want to do more of like a work equity kind of thing. And okay. so, you know, you determine the valuation of the business as it is now. The valuation of the business now is pretty much, it's not much. It's not generating any money right now, but the potential right. of it, right, could be worth, you know, whatever it is. Let's say a million, let's just, let's just, let's just say a million dollars just as a okay. round number. So if you want 20 or 30%, you need to put some skin in the game. So where's the 200, $300,000 that you're going to put into it to basically purchase that equity into it? And so that needs to be determined by maybe some work, maybe some sweat equity or something. So instead of you getting profit sharing for the first year or two, for example, that percentage would go towards buying that stake of equity. Does that make sense? So are you saying that I wouldn't be paid, but I would just have the equity? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you would be paid like some, you know, something to make it worth your time. Let's say like $80 an hour, for example, but you would not be paid any kind of production or any percentage of profits. Oh, okay. For, you know, maybe one to two years. And so that would be determined, let's say, okay, you want 30%. So basically you're approaching me and say, hey, I want 30% equity stake into this. I want some ownership. If I'm going to help blow this up, I want some skin in the game here. And then what you can say is instead of paying me a percentage of profits, I want those amounts of money that you would have paid me to go towards purchasing the equity in the business. So like I said, let's just say for if it's a million dollar valuation, they would basically pay you out your profit sharing amount, okay, that percentage of profits on a quarterly basis, but instead of paying you, that money would go towards buying that 20 or 30% stake of $300,000 for example. So it would take, you know, maybe 2 years for that for you to buy that equity stake. Does that make sense? Yeah, that actually okay. makes very much, yeah. That, that makes very much sense because they were also talking about bringing me in as a partner and they they did use the one million dollar, you know, number. But I was just I'm like, OK, I don't have three hundred thousand dollars, you know, sure. but that helps me to figure out, OK, how are they going to get that? for me to be able to have that ownership. Good old so that fashion sense. sweat equity, just some sweat equity. You may, I mean, okay. this is going to be something that a, a lawyer is going to need to draft up. I mean, this isn't going to be just a spit in the hand, handshake kind of a thing. Like this is, I mean, this needs to be outlined in a contract. You need to have a lawyer, you know, review this. I mean, this can be a little bit of a process. Mm -hmm. It just needs to be done right. Okay. So you're saying that on top of whatever pay, let's say is $80 an hour that I'm getting just for the work, instead of them giving me the percentage of profits, that quarterly profit amount needs to be put towards my my stake in the company, my, my ownership. Right. right. So you're basically buying an amount of equity into it every quarter up to 30%, for example. Okay. Or 20%, whatever it is that you guys negotiate there. I mean, they might not be willing to give you 30%. They might only be willing to give you 20%. You know, you need to walk away from this as well, thinking to yourself, what's your goal here? I mean, personally, I mean, partnerships can work. Sometimes they cannot. Like if I was going to bust my ass, I just, I feel like I would want more than 20 or 30%. So you got to think to yourself, if I put this amount of effort into my own business that I own 100%, mm -hmm. I mean, what would bring you the most joy, the most fulfillment and the most income? I mean, is it going to be working for someone else? I mean, you're still working for someone else. Even if you have equity, I mean, you just are, you don't own 100% of it. Right. 
or would you rather spend that effort and time blowing up your, you know, your business? I mean, you are in the infancy stages of your practice here. I mean, <laughs> you've been open for a month. You know what I mean? <laughs> These are baby steps right here. I mean, you have no idea what your potential could be one to two years. I guess if you, if you take advantage of those first two opportunities, then you're going to increase your volume. That money's going to be yours. You know, that's your, that's your business, a hundred percent yours. And so mm-hmm. it's just, what's your goal here? I mean, what is it that you want? I mean, if you're happy with 20 or 30% equity into this thing, you're making good, solid money. I mean, you'll probably end up making you know multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars a year off of this. That's good money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's what is it that you want? I can't answer that for you. Yeah. You and I, you and I had kind of talked about the analysis paralysis, which I was able to push through that and finally start the business. But now I feel like I'm in a different kind of analysis paralysis where it's like, okay, what is it that I really want? Like I, I, I absolutely was not expecting this to blow up the way that it did. And I'm grateful for every opportunity that has come my way. And yeah, I guess I I do just have to do some thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you do. And I think that you need to determine, you know, where do you want to be at in 10, 20 years? How old are you? 38. You're 38. So you're pretty much the same age as me. And so what's your goal? I mean, do you want to be retired, completely done at 45, 50, 55? Do you want to work until you're 65, 70? You know, how much of a rush are you in? How much do you want to hustle here? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's your personal financial goals here and what's the goals that you have with, you know, with, with being a nurse practitioner, I think you're going to have to just really s- sit down and just really do some deep, deep thinking here and figure it out. You know, what is it that you want? Short-term goals, you know, two mm-hmm. years, five years, 10 years. My short-term goal is to be pretty much completely done within seven to eight years. I want to be retired at 45, 46 years old. That's kind of my, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my goal. And maybe just do a lead yeah. NP 100%. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. that's my goal. Like, what's your goal? Like, what is it that you want? I mean, if yeah. you want more of a steady job, you own some equity in the business, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, all the headaches that come along with, you know, being a 100% business owner into it. And mm-hmm. you want to maybe look at this a little bit slower, then maybe the opportunity with partnering with these people would be the better opportunity. You know, you don't have to worry about a lot of the a lot of the stuff that goes on in the background with the business. You know, you're just basically yeah. doing patient care. You can do what you love to do with patient care. You see the mm-hmm. patients, you have some equity, you get paid a, you know, a good solid salary plus, you know, plus profit sharing. If they cash mm-hmm. out five years from now, you can take a big old chunk of money, whatever that is, a million dollars, who knows, mm-hmm. and then start your own thing again, be retired. Or do you want to put the hustle into it? The blood, sweat, and tears, starting your own business, 100% on your own, doing the marketing, hiring people. What is it that you want? You know, one's going to take probably more work than the other and you going 100% on your own. Yeah. 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 100% on your own is going to take more work and it's going to be more risk, but the upside potential of it's probably going to be higher, more risk, more reward. Okay. Yep. And that's you, you hit the nail on the head. Like that's exactly what I'm going to have to sit down and think about. Yeah, I, I can see value in both. I really sure. can. But yeah, I'm going to have to take some time to to think about this. I mean, mm-hmm. this this company also said that I can still continue to do my business on the side. Like whatever I do on the side is up to me because 
I provide mobile services. So I go out and do Botox filler, IV hydration. And so that's not something that they offer or that they can do. They're, they're going to be a standalone med spa. So I still have the option to, to keep, you know, my business going on the side, but obviously there's only so many hours in a day. Like I still have a full-time job and I still teach on the side. So, you know, the time's going to be limited, but at least I know that I, they're fine with me continuing to still have my business on the side. So, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no non-compete or anything like that. And they're completely okay with it. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big win right there. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I definitely already told them that I'm not going to do a non-compete like that's sure that's not. And they're like, well, we just want you. So just tell us what you want and tell us what it's going to take for us to get you. So, so if you, let's just say theoretically here that you take this opportunity with them and they give you 20% and you're still going to be doing some of your mobile aesthetics and that kind of stuff on the side, you're going to have to give up something. There's no way you're going to be able to do those two things plus work full-time in hospice plus teach. There's, there's no way. I mean, if you value your sanity, that's not going to happen. I know. What, what are you going to give up? You're going to have to make that decision too. Whereas right now, if you're operating your own business, let's just say you stick with what you're doing. You take on those first two opportunities. You're building up your volume. You know, you get this up to 10, 20, $30,000 a month in revenue. It's still kind of a part-time business. You're still teaching. You're still doing hospice. I mean, you're looking at 50, 60 hours a week at this point. Yeah. You add on this other thing. You're looking at 80 hours a week. Easy, easy. Yeah. Cause they, they at least want me in there two, two days a week. Right. And so, yeah, you're going to have to give something up. So you're going to have to think to yourself real hard. What is it that I have to give up to focus mm-hmm. my energy and times in these other things? And also how's that income hit going to be on me? You know, I mean, you make pretty good money teaching. You make pretty good money with hospice. I mean, are you willing to give that up? That It's hard. It's hard to give those things up because it it's, is. it's consistent income. There's the security with it. It's hard to give those things up. I mean, I've been through it myself when I went part-time to urgent care, when, when I finally basically quit the urgent care. And I mean, being 100% self-employed, it's a scary transition, but you're going to have to make that decision. It's going to come. Yep. I definitely feel that. Yeah. So that's another consideration too, that you really need to put some deep thought into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this opportunity, the third one, they really want me to come on with them full time. And I said, you're going to have to pay me like $200,000 a year. Like for all the things that I would have to give up, that's what the number would be. And I don't necessarily want to work in someone's med spa 40 hours a week either. <laughs> so, right. Well, I mean, if you own 20 or 30% into it, though, the upside there's a lot more than $200,000. Okay. Yeah. Because you'll be getting paid a salary for your time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're also going to be getting paid, you know, some profit sharing based off the amount of equity you have in, you know, in the business. Right. Yeah. That's why I was thinking maybe just like a part-time two days a week. I'm there. I do the equity, like you said, and then I'm still able to keep my other stuff for the most right. part. <laughs> right. 
Right. Right. So, okay. You got a lot of thinking here. And I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things to take into consideration and, you know, right now, a lot of this is hypothetical. And so you're getting mm-hmm. ready to, uh, I mean, hell, you're probably like what, 15 minutes from going in here and talking to these people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're getting ready to talk to these people in 15 minutes. So why don't we do this? So instead of sitting here, hypothetically talking about this, why don't you shoot me a text whenever you get done okay. and let's talk about what they said. All right. Sounds good. Do you have any other questions before you go in here, before you go to the lion's den? No, I feel way more empowered and prepared to do this. Cause when someone says, Oh, well just tell me, what is it going to take? Like, it's like, um, but thank, thanks to you. I feel much more prepared and empowered going into this because yeah. At the end of the day, I'm the cash cow. I'm the goose that lays the golden eggs. And I know that. And I know they know that. But for me to do this on this on my own is way more lucrative than for me to do this for you and build your dream and your business. So like you said, I, I got to be a part of the bigger picture here. Yep. That's the mindset you go in there with. You have options. You don't need them. You don't mm-hmm. need the money. You're not desperate. You're not thirsty here. So yeah, you go in there with that mindset. And then let's talk again here. All right. Sounds good, Justin. Thank you so much. Uh, You're welcome. Good luck. All right. I hope everyone's enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank everyone listening and also give a big thank you to all of my social media followers and email subscribers. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our email list at www.elitenp.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Email subscribers will receive updates on new weekly podcast episodes, multiple weekly articles we publish, new courses, and everything else related to helping you succeed. Remember, all elite nurse practitioner courses are designed to help you build a niche practice, increase your financial strength, and to break free from the rat race. If I can break free and the other countless nurse practitioners can break free, then so can you. Additionally, please share this podcast with your other nurse practitioner sisters and brothers out there. The more NPs that venture out on their own, the stronger our profession will become. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right. We are back on the call with Erica. It's been four weeks since we last talked and she was going to potentially partner with another practice. And you know, we went through the procedures and what to consider with this kind of stuff. And it's been four weeks and I think some stuff fell through. So Erica, bring us up to speed with what happened. Hey, Justin. Well, last time we had talked about me potentially partnering with a med spa that's opening here in the area who they were wanting me to come and inject for them and do some other procedures. I did meet with the management. I met with the corporate people and basically everything kind of fell through. I told them like, hey, I'm, I'm not looking to be an employee. I'm not looking to go and work for someone. I mean, they're the ones who came to me saying, hey, we want you. I let them know that I was looking for more of, you know, getting some kind of equity or being a part of the bigger structure rather than just me taking on another job. And um, they weren't too keen on that idea. They 
kind of came up with a bunch of excuses. They said, we really value you as a business owner. We value your skills and everything you bring to the table, but we just don't feel like we want to open things up for you to have a a bigger role in um, what we're doing here. And I respectfully said, all right, sounds like a plan and kind of moved on from there, but have have kind of been trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. So they value you, but they don't value you enough to to pay you. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just yeah. wanted an employee. And I tried oh, to explain, right. like, I know how much money I'm going to be making you. And you're saying I'm only worth, they were going to pay $60 an hour, which maybe for some people that's a good salary, but I know how much I can make doing let's say lip injections or Botox in an hour and $60 is nothing. So I had to walk away from that. Yeah. That's garbage. They didn't value you. They had a value. I mean, if they valued you, they would have paid you appropriately, you know? Right. Well, I'm glad that you realized your value here and you said, no, I think more nurse practitioners need to be doing that. Yeah. If more nurse practitioners were doing that, we wouldn't be in market saturation and salaries going down and NPs being taken advantage of. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so it's yeah. funny. I had a I had another opportunity that came along right after that with another med spa owner, and she she had told me she saw, of course, my grand opening, and um, it's someone that I've known for several years. But she said, "Hey, I have an open room in my med spa." Would you like to come and do maybe a, a 70-30 split? You know, I've I've been here for about 20 years. I've got the clientele. So I'm kind of new to this whole industry, but something about that didn't quite sit well with me doing the 70-30 split. I told her I would think about it. And after a couple of days, I was like, no, I don't think I can do that. But kind of based on what I've learned from from you, Justin, and and being on the Facebook group and your courses, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can offer her rent instead. So I made a counter offer for rent and she did accept that. And, um, you know, we were making plans for me to move in. I had changed my business address. I had changed my address with the DEA. I had done all this stuff. And then couple weeks later, she comes to me like, you know, this isn't really going to work for me. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I think I'm going to go hire another esthetician and have them be in that room instead. Because I guess with her esthetician, she does like a 50-50 or, or 60-40, something like that split. So I guess maybe for her, she felt she could make more money doing a split with someone. But that was super disappointing because I had made all these plans. I mean, I I literally was going to operate my business from the room she was going to rent me. Like that was going to be my office space. So that was another huge hit that I took. And um, I haven't really recovered from that one. That one really hurt. So I kind of just want to get your your thoughts on that. Do you feel like I did the right thing? And I don't know. That one really hurt. I was like, wow, this industry is, I, I just haven't encountered this kind of thing before. So what do you think? Well, that's yeah, pretty cutthroat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aesthetics is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it personally. I don't, you know, I don't really do aesthetics, but I mean, I know plenty of nurse practitioners and whatnot that do it. And it's, uh, yeah, it can be very cutthroat. I guess my first thought here is that this is a very important lesson that you shouldn't rely on other people. When it comes to, you know, this sort of stuff, unless it's something written down and it's a contract 
And, you know, you do it that way. That's really the only way you can ensure that when it comes to anything in business that it's actually done, you know, I mean, verbal agreements and whatnot work. I mean, I have a lot of verbal agreements with a lot of other people, but I mean, I feel like we trust each other. We're on the same page and that sort of stuff. But yeah, when it comes to profit sharing and, you know, you operating out of another practice, you know, just taking someone's word might not be the best approach. Right. So yeah, that's kind of the first lesson here. I'm kind of, kind of getting from this. And yeah, and the second lesson is that no one's going to, no one's going to pay you what you're truly worth. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, 70, 30 split is, that's pretty decent, but still you're building someone else's business. You know, exactly. Right. That's the problem, right? I mean, you're, you're building someone else's business and they're, you know, they're compensating you fairly for, it. I mean, 70% is pretty reasonable. It's pretty good, I think, but it's not your baby. You know, it's not your business. So you're still building someone else's up and, you know, they can cut the ties with you at any point. You build up this huge clientele and, and then they just tell you to go. I think the most productive thing you can do and really the most secure thing that you could do is to, is it just venture out on your own? Is that kind of where, kind of where you're at now? Just going to just go hundred percent in on yourself. Yeah. So that's basically the crossroads that I'm at right now is, you know, cause I've been mobile since I opened and um, it's a huge step to go out and, and sign a lease. A lot of places do want a minimum of, of two years. And, and for me, it's like, you know, I still have a full-time job. And I think for me to put my foot down and say, okay, I'm really going to do this. And I'm going to commit to doing this thing for two years is a lot with me having just opened a couple months ago. So I guess I've been kind of frozen because I'm like, well, maybe I need to build up some more clientele as a mobile practice for a while before I go out and get an office. The only reason why I was going to make that switch is because I had multiple people, hair salon owners, med spa owners. I've had so many offers to come and work in someone else's business. So then I was like, okay, maybe I should just get an office myself. But the thought of actually doing that and taking that plunge and saying, okay, I'm, 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 I'm really in this for, for two years has been what's made me kind of step back a little bit. So I've been a little frozen. I've, I've got the analysis paralysis and I just really haven't made any moves in a while. So I, I just feel kind of stuck on what my next step should be. Well, I mean, these other people were willing to bet on you. That is true. So why not bet on yourself? I mean, that's the best investment you could make. That's yeah. a good point. I had so much interest as soon as I opened. I had about four or five different people wanting me to come and inject for them and work out of out of their facilities. And nothing, nothing has come from that. I mean, there were so much excitement and everything has fallen through. So it's almost like the next natural step is for me to just go out and do it on my own. Like you said, maybe they believe in me more than I believe in myself. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what's going on here. You know, I think that you just need to muster up the confidence, and realize, you know, what kind of value you bring to the table here. I mean, you're skilled, you're knowledgeable, you're personable, like, you know how to do this. You know, and you Sounds like you probably know how to do it pretty well. And so they see the value in this. And I mean, honestly, they probably saw competition. They probably maybe were somewhat intimidated. They wanted you to come aboard with them and lock you in there so that you're not a threat. So there's probably multiple different things going into play here. And so, you know, the stuff falls through because you demanded that you were compensated for what you're worth and what you bring to the table. And they, sure, they value you and they want you, but they don't value you that much. So I think that it's time that I think you just need to overcome this fear of getting a small office and doing it yourself. So with that said, 
where are you at now in terms of income and whatnot? I mean, you're doing this mobile. I mean, what are, what are your numbers looking like now? Let's just try to be a little bit you know, rational here and, and just break down some numbers and figure out if we can help you overcome your fear by just looking at numbers. So where are you at in terms of revenue and business now? Um, let's see. Last month, I brought in about 1800 The month before, I'd say about 1000 I I got COVID. So that kind of took me out of the game for about three weeks. And um, yeah, so it's it hasn't been a whole lot of income. And that's, I think, part of the hesitation as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you haven't really been... You really haven't been putting a lot of effort into this, though, have you? That's right. Yeah. I still have not put any money towards marketing. All the clientele that I've gotten so far has been just through social media posts. Mostly people I know, friends, family. I've been giving a lot of discounts, which I'm starting to see. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But yeah, I'm I'm still even very new with marketing. I have not put that into my budget yet because I was trying to get right side up from all the money that I, I've invested so far. I'm at a good point now. I'm no longer in debt. And I think I'm in a good place to, to now really start investing into the marketing and the next steps that I need to do. Right. So now you're ready to invest in your into yourself and into your business now. Yes. Yeah. So you're out of debt now. That's fantastic. You still have income coming in from your jobs. You know, you just started this little aesthetics mobile practice. I mean, you've been somewhat successful without really even, you know, trying. I mean, the income you're generating hasn't been great, but you're not really tr- even trying here. And so, exactly. Yeah. Right. So now imagine what will happen if you actually put the energy and time into this. I mean, it'll blow up. I mean, it should, anyways. I mean, it sounds like you're in a pretty good market. You have a pretty strong following in terms of just, you know, your social network and whatnot. So it should be successful. Most aesthetics practices do pretty well, as long as you don't have a lot of competition. But yeah, the other lesson you just said in terms of giving discounts out. Yeah, you got to stop that. (laughs) I was, yeah, a lot of us when we first start businesses are guilty of, you know, giving people discounts, giving them breaks and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still your time. It's still a business, you know, I mean. 10% 10% off here and there is fine, but I wouldn't do more than that. Yeah. What I've found is that when I look at some of my margins, I don't know. It's almost like I feel guilty. Like, man, I'm getting this for so cheap. How how am I going to charge someone like three times as much as what I paid for it? And I've been dealing with a lot of that, especially when people will ask me, well, what's your price? Like, for example, I do a little bit of weight loss as well. So they'll say, well, how much can you get pentamine for? And I've I've hey, learned to, to not share that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, none of their damn business what you're getting for. This is how much it is. So you either take it or leave it. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, if people yeah. knew the margins, like if, if, you know, if people knew the margins on testosterone and stuff, I mean, they would blow their mind. You know, I mean, it cost me 20 bucks. I make 150 off of it, 200. You know, I mean, it costs nothing. They're not paying you for the pill. They're not paying you for the medication. They're paying for the years and years of experience and school and education and everything that's behind that pill, right? Right. They're paying for it. They don't realize that. People don't realize that. They they just don't, you know? And so, uh, but yeah, yeah, you definitely got to stop. Stop the discounts. Ten percent here and there is fine, but you know, you brought up another good point. We're kind of going off some little rabbit holes here, but I think there's a lot of good points here. The feeling like you're stealing syndrome. It's kind of what I 
It's what I call it. A lot of small business owners experience this when they first get started. You almost feel like you're stealing because the money's mm-hmm. so easy. You see the margins, you see what you're being charged, and you see how much you charge for it, and you see all this income coming in. And yeah, you almost feel like stealing. There was multiple times when I first got started, I felt like I was stealing money. I felt like I was doing something illegal. Like it was ridiculous. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything illegal at all. This is an actual business. I'm doing everything right. I'm not doing anything illegal at all. Like I almost had this paranoia around it for almost a year when I first got started. It was really weird emotions that I've never experienced before. But then I realized it's just business. Like, yeah, I don't worry too much about that. Okay. And then I had to realize as well, like pretty much everything we buy is marked up. Like every piece of clothing, every piece of fruit in the store, like that's that's the way the world works, you know? So why am I up here feeling guilty about it, you know? So right. yeah, you shouldn't yeah. feel guilty at all. That's just how, that's exactly right. That's how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should price gouge people and be a, you know, be a shark. I mean, I think right. there's you know, some ethical <laughs> stuff that comes into this as well. I mean- be reasonable with it and you know make a profit. You don't gotta be a, a scumbag, you know. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, though, okay. So you come to some realizations, you're kind of stuck in a rut here in terms of you know, where are you gonna get started, what you're gonna do. So let's come up with some plans here. Let's be actionable. So how much money do you have saved? How much money do you have coming in? Like basically, how much money do you have to invest and put into this to get it? up and running and be profitable? I would say right now I have about 5,000. Now that I'm back in the black and no longer in the red, um, I've got about $5,000 that I could use for whatever it is that I need to do. So you could use it immediately. Now, what about like month to month? How much money do you have coming in from your jobs and whatnot that you could you know, continue putting into this for a little while? I'd say I could put a good 2,000 a month into Perfect. the business. Yeah. Okay. You might not need to when you start, you know, actually putting some effort into this. You mean you might just start making a lot of money. You won't have to put any money into it at all. But it's a good thing to know that that's what, you know, that's what you could put into it if you need to. That's all you need to put into it. So then have you looked at any locations in your area in terms of rent and whatnot goes? Have you looked anywhere? Yes. I have looked into a couple different options. I've looked into renting a salon suite, which in my area is about 800 a month. I've looked into office space, which can go anywhere from 600 to upwards over a thousand a month. I, I like the idea of doing a salon suite because it's everything's kind of included, but I don't know. I was, I was going to get your, your thoughts on that as to some of those different options. Well, what's going to have the best visibility out of these places? I would say one of the, one of the storefront office spaces, and there, there are several around me and in the area where I want to open up. I mean, there's no lack of availability of front space, front facing office space. It's just a lot of times it's a bigger commitment, the two years, two to three years. And yeah, and then just my own personal reservations about, well, what if this thing just doesn't work after a year and I'm stuck in this lease for another year, you know? But yeah, I, I definitely think a front facing office space would probably be the best way to go. I mean, I'm going to tend to agree with you. How much are these places? 
The lowest I've seen was 600. It was not in the area that I want to be in. In I, I, I'm kind of wanting to be in a higher end area, a higher income area. And the okay. lowest I found was 850. That's nothing. With a two about year that. That's like a $17,000 commitment. Okay. Right? It's not that <laughs> yeah. much. You know, I'm like 18, 19,000, whatever. I'm not going to do the math in my head, but it's like, yeah, it's not that. It's less than $20,000. I mean, it's, it, it, yes, it is a lot of money. $20,000 is not chump change by any stretch of the imagination. $20,000 is a lot of money. That's $20,000 over two years. It's not that much money. Yeah. And that's about the amount that I've already invested of my own personal savings. So it's like, you know, I have everything I need. Like I, so, I don't really need to buy anything else other than maybe furniture, but I literally yeah. have everything I need to operate. Yeah. Furniture's nothing. You get that stuff off Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and stuff. That's not a big deal. That's such cheap. It's nothing. You can make it look really, really nice for cheap. My second men's health practice like looks high end, super modern. It looks great. And I got that thing furnished, supplied, built everything for 7,500 bucks. I just bought a bunch of oh, stuff wow. off Craigslist, Facebook marketplace. Yeah. And it's nice. That's going to cost you nothing. Okay. $850 a month. This is mm-hmm. not something you need to be scared about. Like, isn't that going to be like two Botox treatments? We'll pretty much cover that. Um, yeah. If we're covering a lot of area, I, I'd say two, right. two pairs of lip fillers would definitely do it. Two you lip think fillers. You could do two lip fillers a month. <laughs> yes. Okay. Rent's paid. Like, <laughs> You know, and then you have your other expenses. You, know, you got some utilities, electric, cable, internet, whatever. You're looking at like 1200 bucks a month, probably, if that, just to keep the door open if it's just you. Okay. That's now that you put two that lip way. fillers and one Botox injection. <laughs> like, big whoop. You could do that. Yeah. Nothing. So, I mean, just look at it rationally. You know, don't get scared here over, you know, a thousand bucks a month, 1200 bucks a month. It's, it's nothing. You'll easily make that. It's no big deal at all. I was really scared about that when I first got started. I think that's one of the biggest hangups amongst a lot of entrepreneurs is signing that lease. Oh God, I'm locked in here for two years now. Like it's one of the biggest anxiety producing startup events. It is. It really is. But it's that it's that startup event that is the part of my language, the the fuck it. That's what it's called. You just say fuck it and you sign the lease. Now you're in. Now you have to do it because now you're locked in. It's like going to jump off the bridge. Once you jump off the bridge, it's done. So it's the same thing in terms of starting a business. Once you sign that lease, you're locked in. Like that's the that's the number one thing that'll be the kick in your ass to get started. Because once you sign it, there's just no there's no going back really. Unless you call the landlord, like I don't want to do this anymore. You put it back on the market. Now you're sitting there just paying you know monthly for this until someone else rents it. You know that's backing out and that's you know getting cold feet. But you know that's the worst case scenario. They put it back on the market and someone rents it out a couple months later. Okay, not that big of a deal. So don't get scared over that. I regret being scared over that when I first got started. I, I, I could care less now. It's not a big deal. So, okay. And that's going to be able to put a footprint in your area for your practice. You know what I mean? You're going to have an actual office, the Google business listing, the roadside, you know, sign frontage, you know, putting signs out on the road. Like you're going to put the footprint there and now you can start growing this. You can start scaling it. You can start implementing more and more services in that office space. You know, you'll be doing the aesthetics and stuff, but now you can also throw a couple IV infusions in there, do a little weight loss or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just don't think that what I would get in analysis paralysis over $850 a month. It's okay. Nothing. 
And you can cover that anyways yourself. That's true. You to. Yeah. Don't worry too much about that. I don't think I'd worry about that. If that's what's holding you up, that's not something I would let hold you up. Okay. So yeah, so get off your ass and go find somewhere to, to rent. All right. It looks like I have my next steps now. Yeah. The next week or two, seriously, get out there and find a spot. Now, I'm going to give you a little word of caution here. Be careful with how much build out you have to do because now the expenses can really start increasing. So okay. try to find a place that works as is. Maybe throw some paint up or something, you know, mm-hmm. but just try to get something that works as is. Because when you have to start putting walls in and doors and all this kind of stuff, it can really start adding up. It can turn into $5,000 real quick, or maybe even more. So if you can find something that works as is, maybe you should go in there for, you know, on a weekend, have, you know, some family help you out, throw a coat of paint up, make it look nice. That's it. So try to find somewhere that has the good roadside frontage and that you can just get in and start seeing patients out of. So a lot of what I've been, a lot of the places I've looked at are actually too big. There've been several, you know, small businesses or or chains that have, you know, gotten out of their leases. And, and so I found a couple places that I liked, but they, they had like four or five rooms in them. And I'm just like, this is too much for where I'm at and what I'm trying to do. So would you also caution against going too big, I guess? No, if it's in a good location with good signage, then and it's, you know, you're not really paying all that much more for the extra space, then I mm-hmm. wouldn't let that, you know, hold you up. It's whatever. You can have a couple of empty rooms. You just close the door. No one's going to know what's inside that room, you know? Okay. You can use it for storage, whatever. You can even put okay. like a chair or two in there and use it for IV infusions or whatever. You know what I mean? Ah, so, okay. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can use that space as much as you possibly can, or you or you can even rent out one of those rooms to someone else doing something that complements what you're doing. Oh, interesting. Okay, it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, use the space. I mean, if you're paying for it, try to use as much as you possibly can of it. But if it's in a good location though, and it's reasonably priced, then I wouldn't worry too much about you know about the square footage. If you're paying, if you're paying you know another hundred dollars a month for an extra couple hundred square feet, you're not going to be using. But it's in a good location, then. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. You know, make the area, you know, the lobby and the treatment room, those need to look really, really nice. Those other rooms that you might never use, you know, don't even worry about it. Okay. Yeah. So any other questions in terms of the location? Um, No, not that I can think of right now. Okay. But yeah, I think that once you get the Google business listing up, your website and the location, and you can get a sign out there. I think that you'll just start getting some clients organically, I think it'll just start happening. I don't even think you'll have to spend a tremendous amount on marketing. Any okay. thoughts about marketing at all? Or is it like, is this a very competitive area? It is. It's a large metropolitan area. So there are tons of med spas here. There are lots of people doing Botox and fillers, but there's a lot of other kinds of businesses here as well that are within half a mile, quarter of a mile of each other. And somehow there's enough for everyone. So I'm trying not to let that get to me too much, but yeah, I mean, it's a very active area. I wouldn't say it's saturated. Um, That all depends on how you look at it, but there are just, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of new people moving here. So I definitely feel like the opportunities are there. So it sounds fairly safe. Is there a way to make yourself a little different? That's what I've been thinking about how I can do that. 
I thought being mobile, I, I do feel like being mobile has helped because obviously I go out to people's homes. I do charge an, a travel fee, a concierge fee. So I feel like that has set me apart a bit, but obviously I'm I'm moving in a different direction. But I'm I'm not quite sure what might set me apart. I mean, there's a lot of really great injectors here. I mean, I, I follow a lot of them on Instagram. There's a lot of people doing really well here. So, I mean, that's a little daunting, but at the same time, it does give me hope because I'm like, if they're doing it, there's no reason why I can't do it, you know? Correct. I don't know. Is there a way that you can, a, a, a marketing play here? Can you target like a specific group of people with a specific interest, a specific ethnicity? Like, do you feel like there's a room there to be ultra- ultra niched in terms of like the demographic you're, you know, that you're treating and that you're choosing to treat? Potentially. I'm African-American and I do speak Spanish fluently. So, um, I have noticed that, yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, colleagues who speak Spanish have referred me to other Spanish speaking clientele. So that's been really cool that I've been able to, to reach a different community just from being able to, to speak Spanish and, and really being able to kind of explain a lot of my knowledge and a lot of the science behind um, these procedures, especially with like the weight loss, the weight loss drugs. I, I feel like that's that's been really helpful. I haven't marketed myself as a a bilingual, you know, provider or injector. It's just the people who know me that know I speak Spanish have referred me to um to Spanish speaking clientele. So that could be that could definitely be something. Well, listen, I live somewhere that has a high percentage of Hispanic people and they love lip fillers and Botox and weight loss and shit. So (laughs) if there's not a whole lot of Spanish speaking providers who could target that demographic, then you could be sitting on a potential gold mine. If your website was in Spanish, like if you had two websites, one in English, one in Spanish, Mm -hmm. and people in your area are looking up in Spanish keywords for Botox, weight loss, whatever, your site's probably going to come up. Or even if the name of your practice might have something in the name, a Spanish word in the name, you know, salute or, you know, just just some, some sort of name that provokes beauty, youth, good health, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Wayne salute, aesthetics and weight loss, something like that. If you put that in the name and it makes it even more obvious, but I don't think it would be enough to deter, you know, just regular English speaking people. Right. Right. Like seriously play on your strengths. If you can speak Spanish, you need to be, you need to be capitalizing on that. You'd be a fool not to. Well, I'll tell you something. So the practice that we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast is is actually a primarily they're they're a chain and they've been doing really well in Miami and Southern Florida. And um the owners are all Spanish speaking and they were actually seeking me out because they knew that I'm I'm bilingual and I'm also skilled at you know, what they're offering. So they're trying to break into the market here in this metropolitan area because they've been doing really well down in South Florida where everyone speaks Spanish. So it's interesting that this has come up. We've kind of made it full circle because that's why they were like, we want you, we want you, and we want you to be the face of our business. And we want you to help us reach more English speaking and a more diverse population. 
here in the city. And um, yeah, that's why they were really trying to beat my doors down. But yet they only wanted to offer me $60 an hour to, to just be an employee. So go figure. That's the reason why they wanted you, right? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you really quick. I also had another opportunity that I didn't mention. A Spanish speaking hair salon owner wanted me to come and inject there and, you know, offer IVs and Botox there. Um, However, he wanted me to pay $200 a week, which would be okay, about 800 a month. And he didn't have a dedicated space for me. He basically wanted me to kind of be out in the salon, injecting and just kind of doing IVs in an empty chair. And um, I told him that wasn't going to work for me. I said, if you have a room that I could use, I mean, yeah, we could talk about that. But he wasn't willing to give me a room yet. He was like, well, my chair fee is is 200 a week. This is what everyone pays. So you'd be you'd be paying the same as my other girls that I have working here. And I, I kind of had to explain, like, I'm I'm a medical professional and and I do kind of need a space. So I did turn that down. But a part of me was like, man, maybe that was a missed opportunity because 90 percent of his clientele is Spanish speaking and that I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have turned that down. But at the same time, that's a lot of money to pay someone and not have an actual dedicated space or even just a room that I could use on the days that I would be there, not even a room that was all the way mine. So that was another opportunity that had come along that I'm still kind of wondering, was there any way I could have made that work? Would you have wanted to make it work though? No, because I almost kind of felt like it would have maybe undermined my professionalism a little bit, like no offense against him, but for me to kind of be out in a salon chair, like, where am I going to set up my needles and stuff? Like, how am I going to keep things clean? And what if people are kind of getting up and standing over us? Like, I, I didn't want it to turn into like, oh, hey. Erica, the Botox lady is here. Everyone crowd around. And I just kind of had a feeling that that's how it was going to be. He was telling me, oh, well, you're going to get a lot of clients this way. We need you out. We need you in the open. And people are going to walk up. They're going to be interested. But I don't know. It just didn't, it just didn't kind of, that just didn't feel right to me. I wouldn't focus on this missed opportunity. I think you just need to focus what's in front of you right now. I wouldn't even worry about it, you know? So yeah, I really feel like that if, if you can put a play on the Spanish speaking, you know, strength that you have, I I really think that might be a way to really, really separate you. And so if you build the website out and you have a Spanish version of the site too, I'm telling you, that'll be, that'll be gold. Wow. I had not even considered that, but you're right. I mean, all these high end celebrity injectors and all these people I see in my city that are injecting I I have not seen one that is Spanish speaking. So well, this this might be kind of huge, Justin. I there don't know. You, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's what I would do. I'm serious. Like, remember, you don't need thousands and thousands and thousands of patients. You only need a hundred, couple hundred patients, and you're making really, really good money. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple hundred patients, you're making $30,000 a month. You can make really good money. You only need a couple hundred patients. And I guarantee you in your area, there's a couple hundred Spanish speaking patients <laughs> who would pay for your services. I guarantee it. I mean, you have like a million people in like the County that you live in guarantee yeah. there's a couple hundred people out there. Guarantee it. Okay. So that's what I would do. So I think that let's just 
put these missed opportunities in the past. Don't think about it. You know, the person who stares in a mirror looking at their past can never, you know, look past that mirror. They're always looking back in the past. You can't move forward looking at shit that happened in the past. Forget it. So just look forward here and get the space, furnish it out and get the website up, have a Spanish component of it. It said something in the name, throw a Spanish word in there about beauty or youth or whatever and open up and get going. All right. Well, sounds like I have a plan. I'm I'm excited now. Wow. Yeah. No, I think you should be excited. Hell, I mean, I think this is a great idea. I think this is great. I think that I really feel like it'll work really well for you. I, I really do. Well, thank you so much. This has been super helpful. You're welcome. Do you have any, uh, I mean, do you have any other questions or anything? Oh, the only other additional question I had was about the the storefront space. So given that, you know, I do have another job, so obviously I'm not going to physically be present in that space. What is the best way that you can capture maybe people who are walking by or curious and who may want to just stop in? And what if what if I'm not there? Like, how do you kind of get around that? Uh, I mean, you almost have to have an employee. I mean, you have to have like a receptionist or someone there. There's really just no way around it unless you put a sign out on the window or the door, you know, it says only open, you know, these days out of the week. Questions, inquiries, whatever, make sure it's in Spanish. Email, you know, go to the website here, submit a contact form, book your appointment online, that kind of thing. I mean, you mean that I mean that works too. Okay. Side thought here. Are there any areas within the city or the county that are going to be more Hispanic dominated? Yes. I actually live in a very high Hispanic population. I'm on the border of a county that has a really, really high population of Spanish-speaking people. So where I live currently, there is the population, but where I was wanting to open was about 10 to 15 minutes west of here, which was kind of, you know, that higher end area that I was telling you about. But I'm definitely open to to sticking a little closer to home or or maybe even kind of splitting that distance halfway so that I can still capture some of that other population as well. Or or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's that's either a good idea or I mean go right in where there's a lot of, you know, Hispanic dominated businesses, you know, grocery okay. stores and maybe barber shops whatever it may be, there's typically areas within a large city, you know, that has a lot more highly populated of an area in terms of like businesses go like, you know, just lots of Spanish speaking, Hispanic associated businesses. So if you can find a place where there's a high concentration of those things, Catholic churches as well, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. typically Hispanic people are usually more Catholic. And so that's another consideration too, just something like where, you know, they're going to be, where that demographic is going to be, that might be somewhere to just to open up shop or go take a look and see what the offices are. They might be a little bit cheap on the cheaper side too. Wow. Yeah. I literally, within a mile or two from me, I have all of that. <laughs> so it's literally in my neighborhood around the corner. So yeah, I'll definitely look because I, I really hadn't even looked in any of those areas. Yeah. Go where the patient is. Don't force the patients to come to you. Go to them and make it as convenient as possible. Be right there. And I'm telling you, you, I just don't see how this wouldn't, I just don't see how this won't succeed. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely do that. Well, I mean, I think we have a plan here in place and I think that 
been a little bit of a roller coaster for you for the last, you know, over the last month, but so be it, whatever you've learned a lot of mm-hmm. really valuable lessons. And I think that it's only just going to make you a stronger entrepreneur. So, I mean, there's a plan here. I say execute on it and then give it a couple months and see what happens. All right. Well, sounds like a plan. Thank you so much again for all your help. I really appreciate it and everything that you're doing for all of us NPs out here. Well, you're very welcome. Do you have uh, any other questions or anything? Nope, that's it for now. Okay. So I like to end each episode, even though this has been a really, really long episode. Um, I like to end each episode with uh, you asking me a question. So you have a, a question for me at all. Like a personal question? Yeah, personal business. Just, I don't know, a <laughs> question that you might have wanted to always ask. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do outside of work? It varies on the time of year, but right now it's hiking because it's kind of like early spring. So it's like really sunny outside and warm. So I like to, I like to, I like to go on some hikes and uh, I've been getting into shooting a lot more, like kind of defensive tactical kind of like defensive kind of uh, competition shooting kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just like, I, I, I just like to be outside. Okay. Nice. I'm glad that you're getting to do stuff outside of work. Cause you seem like you're very busy. Well, I just left the urgent care completely. So I was giving them one day a week PRN and, uh, I just got so sick of it. I was like, I'm out. I gave him 30 days. I didn't give him the 90. I was like, I, I'm out. I, I can't do this anymore. So, so I got a little more free time. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, listen, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, I think this has been a really interesting episode and lots of uh, lots of cool tips. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. All right. You too, Justin. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Erica. That was a pretty interesting episode. Lots of ups and downs. I really think you need to step away from this just realizing that there's going to be just ups and downs with starting a business, okay? It is a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of emotions, and it's just a roller coaster of events that happen. I mean, she had multiple opportunities presented in front of her to partner with other people, and these people would just not pay her what she was actually worth. They didn't see the value that she brought to the table. And I'm extremely proud of her for saying no and putting her foot down. And so she ended up walking away from these opportunities and she is on the path of basically scaling and growing her already established mobile aesthetics clinic. She's gonna get a brick and mortar location and she's going to choose the Hispanic demographic to market to. She speaks Spanish. So I mean, there's just no way that this is not going to do well. This will do well. I'm confident about that. And another point too is value yourself, guys. Come on. There are too many nurse practitioners out there taking low ball salaries, okay? They're getting screwed over. The more NPs that take these low ball salaries, the worse it is for our profession. Erica is a shining example of putting her foot down saying, no, I am worth more than $60 an hour. I know how much I'm going to bring to this business. So she did it. So can you. All right. Everyone enjoy this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2022 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.